In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text is Luke 17, verse 17, from the Gospel for this day, which has been read. We may sit. I call your attention to verse 17 from our text, our Lord Jesus' words. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? I've generally avoided this text for Thanksgiving because it has seemed to me to be a downer. Ten lepers cleansed, and even our Lord himself seems kind of disappointed at the return. But this year I thought the ten lepers made me think of the top ten from a certain late night show. Top ten reasons for not thanking Jesus. So with that in mind, let's review the story. The lepers, obviously sick with a hideous skin infection, had to live apart from everyone else. This was a requirement of the law of Moses. And it's what people naturally do. You see someone who's obviously sick, you shrink away from him or her. So these ten lepers had to live apart. But they'd heard about Jesus. They called upon his name. What is the name of the Lord? It's his reputation. They heard that Jesus was the son of David. Some were saying that he was the promised Messiah. They had heard that he had the power to heal the sick. Perhaps they'd even heard the rumors that he was the son of God. And so they called out. They called on Jesus with Kyrie eleison. If that sounds familiar, it's because it's part of the worship service. It means, Lord, have mercy. In our translation tonight, it's Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But what you don't realize is that this is what they would call when a king came to town. They'd call out, Lord, have mercy. And if you were lucky, the king or one of his servants would throw you a gold coin or some other valuable trinket. And so they greeted Jesus with Kyrie eleison, suggesting a royal person who could command their sickness to go away. And so Christ tells them to go to the priest who could certify by the law of Moses that they were healed and able to return to society and they would be able to present themselves to the Lord's altar and offer sacrifice and be received into fellowship. So off they ran, done with Jesus, ready to pursue their own dreams. Only one. A Samaritan, as it turned out, thought to return and give thanks. So let's indulge in a little speculative theology and consider possible excuses that these ten lepers used. Excuse number one, denial. I wasn't really sick at all. And many of our contemporaries use this excuse. They deny that God has ever really helped them. 
They deny that God has ever really answered a prayer. There's the story about the man who said, you know, the atheist who said, you know, I only prayed once. I was lost in the desert and, and I was out of gasoline and I was out of water and I prayed, God, please help me in this situation. And his listener said, well, God must have answered your prayer, didn't he? He says, no, God didn't say anything. And if that motorist hadn't come by, I'd be dead. So denial is a top excuse for many of us. Excuse number nine. The urgent crowds out the important. You can just hear the leper running and saying, I've got to get to the priest's office before it closes. That's why I didn't go back and say thanks. And doesn't that happen in our lives? We allow the urgent to crowd out the important both in our family relationships where we neglect those closest to us because we've got a list of things to do and especially with our God where all the things we planned for the holiday the food, the football, the family crowds out the faith. Excuse number eight is the substitute. I can see one of the lepers saying well my friend did it for the rest of us. And that happens in Christian circles a lot. Many Christian families have one person who does the praying, who attends the worship. He or she is the, you know how in sports you've got the designated player. Well, in some Christian homes there's the designated prayer. Now if you happen to be the designated prayer in your family, God bless you, you're doing an important work. And sometimes it's true. A family has got to take care of hospitality or other things. You've got to look after the sick or you've got to do this or show mercy to somebody. And maybe only one person can get to worship. It's when we use that person's piety for an excuse for us that it becomes a sin or a dysfunctional thing. Excuse number seven is peer pressure, or maybe we should say peer influence. You can see one of the lepers saying, I didn't see anybody else go back to thank him, so I didn't think I had to either. We learn lemming-like from our peers, our parents, and our past. And it helps to take a look, step back, and ask yourself, do I want to be like everyone else? Do I want to do what everyone else is doing when history is filled with the great crimes that everyone let happen? Do I want to be like everyone else when Jesus himself said that the road to salvation is the narrow road and not many people are taking it? The way that leads to destruction is broad and nine of the ten lepers took it, it would appear. But the road to salvation was narrow and only the one chose it. A sixth excuse for not thanking Jesus is temporizing. I thought I was sick, but it couldn't have been that bad because now I'm better. Temporizing means that the present perspective is the only one I hold. Therefore, I don't care about what I promised in the past. I'm not going to think about the future. I'm just going to do what I feel like right now, 
here in the present. That's temporizing. Fifth excuse is to name it and claim it. I'm sure one of the lepers told himself, I sure got it right when I made a decision for Jesus. You see how that's turned everything around? Jesus has called you and me. We haven't decided for Jesus. And therefore, if anyone is to be praised, Jesus is to be praised. So often we misplace that praise and attribute it to ourselves. Even dressing it up in God talk. Sure glad I made a decision for Jesus. Excuse number four, and it's one of the calmest ones that we run into, one of the calmest ones you and I use, and that is inconvenience. I could just hear one of the lepers saying, what, i got to go all the way back to thank him? And it's unfortunately true that many Christians imagine that Christ died for our convenience. I've even seen it expressed in theological terms as if Christ's death was to free us from all of the laws and regulations of the Old Covenant. Those laws and regulations were interesting. They made life meaningful. They continue to make life meaningful for observant Jews to this day. Christ didn't die to free us from the laws as if they were burdensome. Christ died to fulfill those laws that we might have a richer, fuller life, and that we might be open to all the nations of the world and not shut them out by the practice of customs. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke about the cost of discipleship. Salvation isn't free. It costs you your whole life. Don't confuse pricelessness with worthlessness. They are very different things. A third excuse which has become extremely popular in the latter half of the 20th century is blaming. I can see one of the lepers saying, Why did God make me sick in the first place? He's got some explaining to do. C.S. Lewis observed this phenomenon. He described it as God in the dock. Whereas the ancients approached God, fearing God's judgment, 20th century people and now into the 21st, we approach God ex expecting Him to explain Himself. He has to explain why there are bad things in the world rather than us taking responsibility and confessing to Him. It's a reversal of roles. It's flipping the script on God. And in one way, it's the oldest trick in the book. It's Satan's original temptation to Eve. Eat the fruit, and you will be like God's. Our society has fallen for this temptation, and we easily sit in the judgment seat and blame God for all the sins we see about us. Excuse number two is shame. You see, 
the one that came back was a Samaritan and the other nine we infer were Jews and Jews were embarrassed to be seen with Samaritans. Samaritans were not uh, the correct circle. They believed in God but they got some things wrong. Instead of worshiping in Jerusalem they had built their own temple. They were schismatics. They're like those folks that, that left this congregation, formed another congregation in all those hard feelings that developed out of that. Yes, some Christians are embarrassing. But we are called to witness that God has chosen the weak of this world. And if you're ashamed of other Christians because of their race or their odor or the way they dress or some of their ideas, to be ashamed of Christians is to be ashamed of Christ and to miss out on His company. And so if any of those lepers were ashamed to be seen with a Samaritan, they thereby avoided being seen with Christ. Well, we've been through nine excuses. And excuse number one is your excuse. What's your excuse for not thanking Jesus? It would appear tonight that you need no excuse because you're here. Like the Samaritan, your faith has not only made you well in the sight of God, but you have a continuing relationship with Christ. You see, the, each of the ten lepers whose lives were saved received a gift. And a gift creates a relationship and an obligation. The nine who failed to return and give thanks didn't just skip out on an obligation. They passed up a relationship with Jesus. But you are here tonight to give thanks. You, therefore, continue in relationship with the Savior. The Savior who has given you the gift of life and all the things that support it. The Savior who has made our country and all of the things that have made our country great. The Savior whose church will outlive us and our country, but who graciously calls us into an everlasting fellowship with Him. Therefore, let us rejoice and give thanks for the many gifts we have received from Christ today and continually. May the blessing of thanksgiving be yours now and ever. Amen.